Welcome to Five to Thrive, five strategies to equip and empower educators, parents, and students to thrive. And here are your hosts, Dr. Rhoda and Professor Marty. Welcome back. Uh, today is an exciting episode. We have a guest presenter, and Dr. Rhoda is going to take it from here. Yes, today we get to welcome one of my dear, dear friends. Jeremy Buck is our guest presenter today, our special guest, and he serves as the executive director of the Center for Christian Leadership here at Wisconsin Lutheran College. In his past, he has served in K through 12 education. He's been a principal administrator for 20 years. He's taught everything from second through 12th grade, started two schools. And he has five children of his own, ranging from a senior in college to one in kindergarten. And yet you find time to be with us today. <laughs> this is awesome. So he understands kids. He understands education. He understands leadership. And we can't think of a better person to, to discuss our topic today, as we're going to talk about how we can equip our young people to be servant leaders. Oh, yeah. And in his spare time during summers, you professionally fish in walleye tournaments. So just an amazing guy, always full of fascinating, interesting stories. And I'm excited to have this conversation. Thanks for being here today, Jeremy. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Yeah, wonderful. So as parents, as teachers, with your experience, your knowledge, what are the what are the key things? How do we help young people grow into being servant leaders? And maybe just to kick off, what is a servant leader? I think it's uh, really, really important, especially when you look in the world in which we live today, there's a lack of people who want to step up and lead. Mm -hmm. And we need to change that. And before we can talk about how do we do it, and your question, what is a servant leader? I think you just focus on the word serve. Mm -hmm. Think serve, not lead. Because everything today is about leadership and leadership and leadership. And, and I, I'm the director of the Center for Christian Leadership, but often we think of that as being title, position, authority that I have. And we got to reverse that and just focus on the service part. Mm -hmm. How do we come alongside people? How do we have other people's interests first? How do we help grow other people, help them achieve their goals, develop relationships? And we come alongside someone to serve them and develop trust. And when they know we have their best interests at heart, then we're able to lead them. And you think back to uh, what Jesus said when he came to earth. In Matthew 28, we're reminded, right? The Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve. And that's exactly what we want to instill into our kids. And, and what's the motivation behind that is of what God's done for us. He's given us Jesus. And as a result of that, then we can give our love back by maximizing the gifts that he's given us to go and to serve others. So Jeremy, in your interactions with others and when you identify servant leaders, what are some characteristics that you, you see? Mm -hmm. there's, there's a long list of characteristics uh, that um, we'd want to, that you could focus on in developing servant leaders. I, I just want to touch on maybe three, four, or five ones that I think are, uh, are, are critical, that are important. Uh, first of all, just the commit, the making a commitment to growing people. Now, what can I do to help others reach their goals? It's that external focus, especially in a world in which we are. There's so much focus on us as individuals and people posting things about themselves. Continue to remind it's about other people first. Uh, listening, I feel, is important. Um, we don't talk about that enough. I think it's a skill that's really, really critical. How do I make sure that when someone's talking, that they know? they're the most important person at the time. I'm not distracted by my phone. I'm not distracted by the things that have going on in my life. But right now in this moment, I need to know that that person understands that I'm committed to, to listening to them. I think responsibility 
is is really really critical because leaders can't delegate responsibility. <laughs> you can't have other people do that. You have to take ownership for the for the decisions you make, for things that happen. I'll talk in a while about some examples of that and just being authentic. There's a lot of uh, I remember uh, growing up and I would, basketball was a big big thing of my life and Michael Jordan at the time and everyone to be like Mike and I remember my coach said you just need to be you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not everybody can be Michael Jordan. And I think we see a lot of things happening in our society and kids are looking at other things and they want to be that and they want to be this, but we got to help them understand their gifts that they've been given and how can you be the best you and just be authentic to that. Failure, we don't like to talk about failure, but I think you can learn a lot through failure and just being humble and just willing to go out of the way, not one day and then off the next day, but being consistent. And when you're consistent in your humbleness and your willingness, and again, it goes back to building the relationships. And and probably the one that's the most critical to me is just integrity. That's, that's a big word. And depending upon whether it's a kindergarten or senior, I think you can start teaching that to students. But all of us have to have a value system by which we make decisions that's critical to our core. And obviously for us as Christians, that would be a Christian value-based system. And just helping kids understand that. What are the things that they value most? I don't know that we often talk about that, but we really should. And help them understand what those values are and then why it's important to make decisions by that. People may not always agree with you, but from my experience, they'll respect you. Mm -hmm. So those are just a few of the things uh, that I think are critical of servant leaders. That's awesome. What a beautiful list. And it's, you know, I see you in this list, Jeremy, and, and the Lord has really blessed your efforts in being a leader. And now you have the opportunity to teach college kids as mm-hmm. you run our center here. Mm-hmm. And so just as you think about younger people and instilling these characteristics, these traits, and, and, and how do we help young people understand how to be themselves authentically and to do that in serving other people. Uh, what are things we do to help grow that? Well, since this is five to thrive, <laughs> I thought I'd come with five. Beautiful. Today. Okay, we're going to talk about five You're smart things. too. Because <laughs> <laughs> less is more sometimes. And I think first of all, before we talk about strategies, I think the first one is just to model it. It's really difficult for us, whether you're a parent or a teacher, to ask our students and children to do these things, to be a good listener, to take responsibility, to be authentic, to be humble if they don't see it first in us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, we start looking external, what can we do to, with our student, with our child, where first we should start looking inside. Mm-hmm. Am I doing these things? Am I showing these things? Uh, how do they see me at home? And is it consistent? For an educator, I think about this as we we're preparing for today, think about the time that we spend with students in the classroom. At a minimum, five days, seven hour, 35 hours a week. If you're coaching, if you're doing it's some, a lot of time. you're spending mm-hmm. a lot of time with kids. And I was thinking back to the people that impacted me most growing up, and it's always been an educator or a coach. Mm-hmm. And it isn't something necessarily they said, but mm-hmm. it was something that they did. Mm-hmm. It was their actions, their willingness to help. They knew me as a person. They went out of their way and they modeled those things that they were asking us to do. And I think of my high school coach, I think of my grade school teacher and it was their actions that supported their words. So we need to be able to, to model it. I think for an educator, the start of the school year is the most critical. Day one, when you have a new group of students, uh, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Kids come with so many things to school, and one of the best things they know can know is that we care about them. I'm a big proponent of teachers standing out at that door, outside the classroom, 
giving a handshake, a hug, before that student enters the classroom because a lot of those things can be just checked at the door. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking of an activity that, that teachers can do that was really powerful for me. Whenever I had a new group of students each year, we did this puzzle activity. We took a big piece of cardboard, I cut it off, I had 20 students, I cut into 20 big shapes, and I had those students on that piece create that puzzle piece that says, this is who I am. And whether it be recreation, things that were important to them, and I'll tell you, what they would do with that was pretty, pretty neat. And then they'd come and they'd talk about it ahead of the class, but then as a group, collectively, we'd put this together and say, hey, look, we're all different. It doesn't matter who we are. We all have different gifts, we all have different interests, but we're one. And then mm -hmm. this classroom, we're one. Mm -hmm. And it just brings Beautiful. a sense of uh, teamwork and, and that we're gonna be in this thing together. You can do that with any age. That's just a, it's a fun age. activity. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and, and I would think, you know, by, by creating that classroom environment and that buy-in with, with uh, team, that uh, academically those students are going to be doing uh, better long-term than day one, you're writing content moving forward. Right. Yeah. And so right there, it goes back to the modeling, right mm -hmm. from the start. Uh, of this is this is how this is going to be and, and you're already building that trust and relationships and I think for parents it's just how do they see us interact with others how do they how do they see us interacting with our spouse with our friends and is it consistent are we one day one and we're off the next are we consistently eager to hear about what they're doing supporting their interests spending time and investing in them so modeling is really really critical mm -hmm. second one I'd say is you have to plan because anything that is gonna be done has to be intentional. And so as a school as an educator, you really need to take time to, to plan for how we're gonna develop these servant leadership skills in our students. To me, it's always better when it's a school-wide initiative than a standalone classroom or one teacher that's really passionate about it. And so I think it starts with having a discussion, everyone together as a team. Teaching reading is important, teaching writing is important. I'm not saying those things aren't, they mm -hmm. are. But these things are really critical because we're not always gonna be with these kids. Mm -hmm. And when we're sending them out, we want them to have these skills and these tools that we know are gonna serve them well the rest of their life. What What would you say to a teacher who says, yeah, but I'm, I'm not a leader, so how can I teach leadership to my students? You wanna talk a little <laughs> bit about our leaders born, our leaders, what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, my, my view of that is that it's, again, it's not, if you're a teacher, you are leading. <laughs> uh, so don't sell yourself short. And there's a lot of different definitions of what a leader is. And I sim simply believe that it's influence. Absolutely. And that all of us have opportunities to influence people. And we do that in a variety of ways and, and on a daily basis. Um, as teachers, we influence people. Students influence other students. Uh, through all the interactions that you have on a daily basis. I always try to get our college students to think about how many times you have a chance to influence people yeah. on a daily basis. You have your, your roommates, you have your teammates, or your people on your club, or your activity, and you can either influence them positively or negatively. Mm -hmm. So for the teachers to have to understand that is, is yes, I am a leader because I'm influencing children mm -hmm. <laughs> on a daily basis. Absolutely. Thank you. But then you just be able to have those discussions and you have to devote time to it. You know, I've seen some schools, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna, we talked about some things, listening, integrity. You could have one theme mm -hmm. for the month. Mm -hmm. Let's say we're gonna talk about honesty. We're gonna focus on why it's important to be honest. And just collectively talk about how are we gonna instill this? What could we do? Every teacher gets involved. Maybe you spend three minutes on it or five minutes. I always take a look, teachers should look, here's everything I'm doing now. <laughs> Maybe what should we take out and where can we plug this in? Mm -hmm. Where can we fit five minutes in? Sometimes we think when we do new things, it's gotta be big things. 
If you focus on less is more, let's start having these meaningful discussions and activities. It's really, really important. Mm -hmm. The other thing they need to do is whatever, whatever you're doing, they need to be able to partner with the parents. You have to communicate with the home. Whatever you're talking about in school in regards to developing servant leadership skills and traits, share that with the home and have provide one or two discussion questions that can reinforce the lesson at school that again, the parents are helping take ownership and talk about these things at home. So number one, we model it. Number two, we intentionally plan for it. What's right. number three? Number three is provide opportunities and choices uh, for students. I think often as educators, and I was no different, uh, we tend to control everything mm -hmm. <laughs> in the classroom. Uh, a lot of direct instruction. We're up there. We feel that we have to control everything. And I think we need to give opportunities and more choices for our students because it's through choices and us taking control of our decision making is how you learn a lot of the skills that we're talking about. So mm -hmm. for instance, I think it's important to get students up talking in front of a group as much as possible. And that can happen all we can earn. It's not just the show and tell, just how many more times can we get them up because kids today are having less conversations mm -hmm. and the social aspect is so critical. Uh, I was at a high school basketball game last year. I looked across the gym. This is at a high school basketball game. I counted 75 students, 71 were on their phones, not even <laughs> watching the game. And you hear when I talk to business leaders about the soft skills, that's what's needed today. Mm -hmm. And it's lost because of the technology. And I'm a fan of technology. Mm -hmm but we gotta give them opportunities to talk. How can we modify our lessons to be more group-led, mm -hmm. student-led? Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean just you know three or four, what does it mean now to be in a small group? What's my role? How do I play this? Identify the student interest and come alongside of them. For instance, when I was a principal, uh, we needed new computers for our school. Those had to be built. And I was like the type of person, I like to just buy them and get them because I know they're gonna work. Mm -hmm. And I had a teacher said, you know, I think, Jeremy, you're always talking about, we gotta create learning opportunities to tie into what we're doing and have kids be involved in that. How about if we have kids build our computers? And at first I was like, I'm not sure they're gonna work. <laughs> and then I thought about it, I said, you know what? I have to trust, mm -hmm. I have to trust my people who are trying to reinforce what Mm -hmm. the culture that we're trying to create here. And failure's okay. And failure's okay. <laughs> we learn from it, yeah. We learn from failure. And uh, I tell you, what happened was pretty phenomenal. People, students applied to why they want to be part of this team. We bought all the components. They built like 30 new computers. And when we had parents who were actually visiting the school for tours that yeah. day, they saw what was happening. And I explained, they go, wow, this is powerful. These students are building your machines. This is part, and I said, yeah, we just thought, we always try to give learning opportunities. And so there was a part where I had to overcome my own yeah. kind of fear of just letting things go a little uh -huh. bit and trusting them other people. Outstanding. And it can be really, really uh, And I bet those students remember that for life. Oh, they absolutely. Do. Yeah. They do. And then I, not just the opportunities within the school, but you got to provide opportunities outside of school. We want our students to learn to give this, this servant heart. And it's not how do we just serve people with our classmates, but how do we take the lessons and the things we learn in school to be servants to our community? Mm -hmm. And I feel it's important to get students off campus, out of the school, as much as possible. We adopted kind of a neighborhood around our school. Mm -hmm. It started with a take, bake, rake type theme uh, that we did in the fall. Uh, we took our block, uh, the students baked bread, they put messages, hey, we're just happy to be part of your neighborhood. And we want you to know that, we appreciate you. Here's, here's a message, here's the bread, loaves, whatever we made. Oops. And then we're gonna spend some time, we like to just clean up your yard. It built a sense of community, sure. the cards that came back, the students felt good, hey, I didn't know just raking could do this. So 
maybe how can we get more students out into the community? Maybe could one less field trip become a service trip? Uh, because those things can be much more valuable uh, than just the academic component. Uh, I think diversity too, uh, just jumping back to the classroom, I'm really a proponent of diversity in assignments. I think again, giving kids choices doesn't have to be one size fits all. Uh, how can we provide a lot of choices for our students to pick from? That really leads into motivation too. When students have a sense of choice, they're much more motivated yes. with the project, so very good. And you can't just, you know, when we're talking about this, it's so important to start young. I think sometimes we think, oh, I'm gonna flip the switch. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm done with high school and now I'm gonna have this service mindset or we get out of college and, and now I'm gonna have this service mindset. And obviously we stress that through the leadership program here but the reality is not every student's gonna to come to WLC. Mm -hmm. Not every student's gonna to go to, to a Christian high school. So we gotta take opportunity at the time. And kids are most impressionable when they're young. So the, the sooner we start this, making it a part of our DNA, helping them understand the importance of this, it's gonna be much more natural for them. So I, I just kind of envision this. Can you imagine if this was implemented in small steps from the earliest grades on up that yeah. that servant leadership would just be so much embedded as a as a life skill and it would be part of our society with who we are? Absolutely. And we oftentimes talk about, you know, sometimes we intuitively know this stuff, but how do we be intentional about it? Mm -hmm. And I just love your intentional plan here. So you've given us three good things. What's number four? The fourth one is the accountability. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and caring enough to allow failure. And I wanna just talk first of all about the accountability. Uh, because I just, going back to what I said when we, when we started, you can't, leaders can't delegate responsibility. And I'm gonna give an example of, of a lesson that I learned hard when I was in school. I was in fifth grade. And uh, sometimes you do things in school you're not supposed to. And when I came in from recess, we'd have a chin-up competition in the bathroom. <laughs> and Problem was, I was about 30 pounds heavier and taller than everybody else, so when it was my turn, the door came off in my hands, and my faithful friends who were guarding the door escaped the bathroom, and <laughs> I was left there standing, holding the bathroom door when the principal walked in. And he said, Jeremy, do you know what you're supposed to be doing in here? I said, yes. He said, you're not doing that. <laughs> he said, why don't you gotta come have a conversation? And so I went to his office, and we talked about it, and I had some school responsibilities that I do, some cleaning. I went home, he said, I expect you to tell your parents, which I did. But then a couple days and my mom was upset about that. My dad was too, but I remember my dad saying, well, how many chin-ups did, <laughs> did you actually get? But then a couple days went by and my mom said, we're gonna have a guest tonight. And it was Principal Hunter who came up to our house. And I thought, why is he coming? She goes, well, we just wanna close the loop on the bathroom incident. <laughs> and he came up to the house and sat down. He said, I know you, we've talked about this at school and you've talked about your parents, but your parents and I have talked and they feel this is important. And so I just wanted to come and talk and, and give this to you. And he handed me a piece of paper. And on that piece of paper was the bill for the hinges, $16.53. And I remember looking at my parents and I thought, what? <laughs> and my mom looked at me and she goes, well, you better go get your money. And I marched down my hall to my room and got my little box. And I brought that I had, that was a lot of money. It was a lot of money, yeah. <laughs> Fifth grade. And I tell the story today and the college student said, Mr. Bach, that's still a lot of money to us today. <laughs> and I remember giving that all out. And he laughed and he said, I don't think we're gonna have any, I think we've learned a valuable lesson. And I didn't talk to my mom, I was mad. And, I, and a couple days later, my mom and I had a conversation. She said, you know, I just wanna to talk to you about that. I know you probably thought we should have paid that bill. And I said, yes, I do. And she goes, we could have done that. But what would that have taught you? And we thought this was an opportunity for you to learn responsibility. And she said, don't think for a second, it's easy. 
as a parent because when I saw you pulling all that money, my heart was broken. I was crying inside, but I knew it was the right thing. Now, here I am. I'm talking about this 30-some years later. I share with you. That, la- that had a huge impression on me. What a wise mom. And she is. <laughs> and, if, and if she's listening, I'm, I'm going to say it again. She is wise. <laughs> but it's not always easy to hold students accountable. And I see that today. I see parents and student educators who just kind of, oh, we'll just kind of get through this and, and let them off the hook. And you can't do that mm-hmm. because leaders don't do that. They don't let their people do that. Mm-hmm. So we have to help them be accountable for their actions. Professor Marty and I oftentimes say kids need kid-sized mistakes. It's we they learn do. life lessons from those mistakes and carry with them. And it's it's what a beautiful lesson you were learned in fifth grade that you still carry with you now today and share with other people that um, if your parents hadn't allowed you to just, you know, it, it just happens. And so then be accountable for it. Right. Fantastic. And as a parent, it's not easy. I think mm-hmm. we talked about we have five children in all mm-hmm. different stages. And there's been some very difficult things where we've said, well, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. How, how are you going to? And we'd talk through options, but it was ultimately them to make, how am I going to handle this? Yeah. Instead of us handling it for them. Yep. We can't swoop Perfect. in. So we just got to allow care enough to allow our children to make those choices and sometimes fail. And those are some of the best leadership lessons. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth one, uh, just to tie it up, is just promote and celebrate. And I don't think we do this often enough. I think we're, we're very humble. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to bring awareness about ourselves or or things that are people, it's just our Christian nature, mm-hmm. but there's nothing wrong with promoting and celebrating how God's people are using their talents mm-hmm. to impact and serve others. And I think we can be more forthright in doing that. One of the best things educators can do, I think, is to call parents mm-hmm. and let them know because the tendency is we call when only things are bad <laughs> or negative or some incident has happened. But picking up the phone and identifying, just calling, hey, I just want to let you know uh, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Krennic, I, whatever their name, I just, hey, your son this week had an outstanding week in school, particularly in math. He really understands it, but he went out of his way to help others. Mm-hmm. And I'm really proud of him for that. I thought you would just want to know. doesn't have to be long. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to be 10 minutes. But parents go, wow, they took time to call. What do they do? They go and tell their child, right? Mm-hmm. And it's reinforcing those values. And you and I know school culture, if you've got happy parents, mm-hmm. that's right. <laughs> they're going to go and tell their people, do you believe that my school teachers took time to call me? Just tell me, we want you to know your son's doing really going out of the way to serve other people. That compounds it, goes other ways, just helps create that. And what I love about that is that you intentionally plan to do that. Mm-hmm. And so it's part of who you are and what a powerful way to, to build culture. It's sometimes hard for teachers to do that at first, but the more you do anything, the more comfortable you get. And if you just take, hey, I want to identify, and this is being the intentional. I think a lot of these things are happening, but as educators, we're so focused on our lessons and the academic side that we don't notice. So if we take time to notice, say, I'm going to call two parents a week. Within a short time, you're going to get through your whole parent body. And it's also going to give you a reason to look for good things kids are doing. Yes. And we know that as teachers, we find what we look for. (laughs) And then you can go beyond that, too. I think there's a wide stakeholders. Um, You have parents. You have alumni. If your school is connected to a church, you have your church family. And often we're sharing things about science fair and and things about the academic side. But what are we doing on the service side? Mm -hmm. How are we doing these things? Those things can be promoted and celebrated. 
there as well. Fantastic. Thank you so very much for being with us today, Jeremy, and spending this time with us, sharing your insights, sharing your wisdom, and, and helping us figure out how we can best equip young people to thrive, and especially in the area of servant leadership. We are all called to influence. We, we all have that influence. So how do we do that in a Christ-centered uh, serving way. So you've given us some excellent information here. So thank you so very much and Lord's blessings on your work. Well, thank you. And I just appreciate you being servant leaders by doing the podcast. And I think this is fantastic. And as we were talking earlier, you said this is your 70th, 70th episode, yeah. something 50 countries. Yeah. Just think of the people. So you're going above and beyond by taking the time to do this. So I appreciate you. And as it's well. all people like you who are willing to share and mm -hmm. give and listen and uh, talk. Thanks. Our goal in Five to Thrive is to equip and support educators and parents as they help each child develop to his or her full God-given potential. So here are five takeaways from our guest presenter on the topic of servant leadership. Number one, if we expect servant leadership to happen, we really have to intentionally model it. More is caught than taught. Really, really important. Number two, uh, we have to plan for it. We have to devote time uh, and energies and also partner with the community. So plan for it for servant leadership to happen. Number three, not only do we need to plan for it, we need to provide opportunities and choices both on and off campus, uh, giving the responsibility, giving opportunities for students to take responsibility, which leads into number four. Hold people accountable and care enough to allow them to fail. Uh, you heard a great story from uh, Jeremy today on a, a life-changing lesson that he had. Uh, we need to hold students accountable. And number five, uh, both Dr. Rhoda and I would agree, we do not promote and celebrate the good, the positive, the great things that students, kids are doing. So really, uh, intentionally set aside time uh, to celebrate the gifts and, and the service that, that your kids and students are doing. Thanks for taking the time to learn with us. Let us know how you're doing. If you have questions, challenges, or successes you want to share, please let us know through the comment section of our website. May your week be blessed.